Hi. Hi. How are Happy, you? I'm good. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. It is July 1st. <laughs> it's Canada Day in some parts of this country today. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> and on Monday, it will be the 4th of July, Independence Day in America. <laughs> So a long weekend um, uh, here in North America. True that. Um, so so yes. Yeah. So uh, I hope everyone is having a safe and and great plans for the long weekend. Absolutely. So a little, we're doing it a little bit differently today, aren't we, Louise? Because we're not actually live. We are because we are. Uh, we put some boundaries around uh, how we work. And we are not working today. <laughs> it's true. So we are not live today. So we are recording this in advance of the long weekend. And we do hope that you are being safe, that you are enjoying yourself, um, and that you are taking time like we are um, for ourselves and for our families, um, whatever you're celebrating or whatever you're remembering or whatever you're doing. <laughs> Um, to that end, I, I am curious, right? We always start the week, well, we start our week together on, on these Fridays, our conversations together by, by diving into reflection on the week that we just went through. And since we're doing this in advance and we actually have a live episode in between, I'm curious if we could do our reflection a little bit differently. We're coming up to the end of June we're coming up to the end of the first half of the year. And so I'm wondering if we could just take a few minutes in our weekly wrap up at the beginning here to look and see where we are with our intentions for the first half of the year. How do you feel about that, Louise? Oh, that sounds like a lot of fun, actually. Cool. Do you want to start? <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> um. When I look back at, um, you know, how I set my goals, both personal and professional business goals that I wanted to achieve, um, one of the things I recognized in doing that is that my year doesn't necessarily run like a calendar year, right? And so for me, it gets really hard to set those, um, those goals in January. Uh, I find January, February, March really challenging uh, for myself. And so I reset um, my goals starting um, in April because that just feels a lot more um, fruitful as we come out of the long winter here. And so when I look back, um, my reflection is really for the last three months, how have I gone? What have I done? And, and how am I navigating some of those personal and professional goals and intentions um, that I have for the, for the rest of the year? Um, I, when I look back, I think it's really interesting that, you know, what is the saying? Best laid plans? Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I don't know how that saying ends, but me either, dot, dot, dot. Um, <laughs> and so... I think that what I recognize as, as important is that I don't always know the how. I know the why and I know the what. Um, and to be flexible and adaptable in the how 
it has been something that I've really recognized um, in the first part of this year. And uh, for example, um, you know, expanding my business into corporate coaching and training, um, I had a particular uh, vision and what that was going to entail. And then I had an opportunity to get uh, trained, to just fell into my lap and to be trained and certified as a practitioner in skills for success with the government of Canada. And so that, although meets my goal, right, it, it keeps me moving towards um, the, the what, um, it keeps me attached to my why, but the how was just something that I had never even thought of. Um, but I saw that opportunity because I knew the why um, and the what. And I think for me, that has been really important to hang on to and something that I'm going to move forward into this next half of the year. That's great. I love that. And I know you and I have talked about definitely the, the, kind of the, the flow between the why, the what, and the how, and how that all comes together um, in, in our lives and in our work. Um, and, and where we can both use a little bit of uh, support and growth in those areas for sure. Um, thanks for sharing that. Uh, and again, you know, when you're listening to this as replay or live, when we uh, stream it uh, on July 1st, um, feel free to drop into the comments um, your reflection on the past six months or the past quarter uh, or just for the month of June. Uh, we would love to just know how you're doing uh, with hitting your intentions and your goals. So for me, um, I did some, the last two months of 2021, um, I did some pretty deep strategic planning um, and really looking at how I wanted to grow my business in particular. There were a couple of personal things that were important to me that I also rolled into my goals um, that, uh, that I have for the year of 2022. I set those goals up. I set kind of a benchmarks where I wanted to be at different points for the first two quarters, knowing that at this halfway mark, I was going to reassess where those benchmarks were for quarter three and quarter four, because there was a lot of new things that I was adding in and it, it was going to be best guess. So I, again, kind of that how, right, that middle part of how it's unfolding um, allows me to then benchmark a slightly better for Q3 and Q4. So I'm more likely to hit or get close to those goals. Right. Um, I will put this out there. I, I like to set goals, but I am not a person that's like, here's my goal. I have to hit that goal. Like that is the opposite of me with goals. I put a goal out there and that gives me something to work towards and to, and to, I'm going to use the word strive, but I don't mean that in terms of pushing or proving energy. That is the opposite of my energy. Um, I do put it out there so that I do have something to work towards um, and set it so that I can focus on. And what I was really happy about was how I set it up for myself to do this year was I created six essentially pillars or buckets um, that I wanted to focus on. And each quarter, each month, each week, I do have an opportunity to say, how do I want to touch this bucket this week, if at all. Right. There are some weeks that I don't want to touch it. There are not quarters that are months that I don't touch it, but there are definitely some weeks where I'm like, this is not in my priority stream right now. So having that ability to work this new system for myself for this first half of the year, that has been really, that's my reflection is 
oh, my system is working because I'm seeing how far I've come towards each of my goals. And I have made forward progression towards each of my goals. Some of my goals I've already adjusted. I'm like, oh no, like I've either surpassed it or I realize it's no longer relevant for me. There was something in there that was carrying over from 2021 that in 2022 is no longer relevant. So I've said, that's not a goal I need to actually attain anymore. Um, so having that ability to see that I've put a process in place that's working for me, um, and that is helping me move forward. And I'm seeing that forward momentum is something that's really exciting, particularly being somebody who spends a lot of time responding, uh, to things and not feeling like they're always making forward momentum. So it's right. been, it's been a really nice place to kind of sit and reflect and, and create that space for myself. Yeah, that's great. But um, that recognition, right, of the system and working the system and seeing that um, it is it is working for you. But that reflection, right? Like that's why we're here on a weekly wrap up because there's so much power in that reflection. It's you know what's gone really well, what's working. Where do you make those adjustments along the way? How do you fine tune a process if you're not? looking back on a somewhat regular basis um, to the process in general. How do you know how far you moved or how far you have yet to go if you're not looking um, at the data? Because um, it's all about data. <laughs> so I would love for us to shift just a little bit and reflect on this week's topic, which is showing up as yourself. Now, of course, we mean at work. Uh, we mean in leadership, but but we also mean in totality, right? Holistically, how do you show up as yourself? How do you tap into that uh, authenticity of self? Louise, what does it mean to you to be authentically you? That, that call comes down to uh, the question, am I living my values um, in a way that feels good? I think that's what it boils down to for me. Yeah, I'm much the same. I do. I focus a lot on values in the work that I do um, with individuals and with teams and and for myself. And honestly, when I was just talking about setting up this process for myself and, and creating my goals for the year, they were based on my values. Yeah. Right. And living my living into my values. Um how do you identify what your values are? So let's even go to that place. Like if we're trying to authentically figure out how we are so we can show up in the world and lead from that place, how do you even start that process? Because I'm sure some people don't even know that. Well, yeah. And that really is a, a process. It's an exercise. It's mm -hmm. uh, right. And there's online tools that can be great to help you bring language around your values. Um, but taking the time to write them down what's really important uh, to you. Values change throughout our life too. They're not something we're born with. Um, it's something that we, it's important at a certain stage in our lives. And so revisiting that, but then defining what those words mean to you, um, right? You know, uh, curiosity is one of my values, but really knowing what that means. How do I live that value of curiosity? Um, that's important for me. Yeah, if you don't have a definition around what the word means, it's really hard to use it as a as a touchstone or a, a marker along your way. How about you, Kim? Yeah. Um, so there's some great tools out there. There is um, 
the VIA character strengths, um, which really is its values in action, which is a great tool. I use that with all of my clients. Um, it, it, and I use it for myself. And one of the things that I do, um, that I practice personally, and I, again, practice with my clients is, um, annual reviews of your, uh, values in action, um, as well as your, um, I, the other tool I use is Clifton strengths. So it looks at where our strengths are and how those are showing up for ourselves, because those can also change. Um, they don't change quite as, um, I would say they don't change as quite as often. And it's not like your values change like the wind, but right. um, when there are major life changes, our values do change. Um, mm -hmm. Our strengths change as our values change. And as we um, find new areas, new zones of genius for ourselves, like what is working for us. So those strengths can change as well. Um, so those uh, are ones that, that I definitely look at in terms of how to guide myself and my clients, but I do that annual, I, it's an annual, annual review. Like we have to look at this each year and I look at them again, quarterly, monthly, how am I living these things? Right. So tell me a little bit about, uh, so, you know, knowing your values is one thing. How, how, how do you bring them forward in leadership or this idea of showing up as your authentic self at work? Yeah. So my top value is love. So when you think of a leader, do you think of love? I don't usually think of leaders as showing up with love. And so that was always a hard thing for me as a leader to say, well, I, how, how do I lead from this place? Right. How do I use curiosity? How do I use kindness? How do I use appreciation of excellence in, and, and for me, appreciation of excellence comes in, in it's aesthetic in many ways, it's beauty, it's seeing a beautiful sunset, that kind of thing. Um, when I'm living those values as a leader, I look for how first I'm showing up. So when I say I lead with love, it is because I show up with an open heart. I show up heart centered. To me, being heart-centered is being open to seeing the humanity that's in the room. It's being open to understanding that um, as individuals, we all bring in our own stuff. And so what can I do to diffuse some of the stuff that comes into the workplace, into the team, into the group, before we get started on the work that we're doing together? How do we diffuse that, not leave it at home, not check it at the door, because we are authentically who we are. We are a whole being. And so when I lead with love, it's coming from that place of meeting somebody heart to heart and saying, okay, you're going through a really tough time at home. I hear that. I understand that. What's your actual bandwidth looks, look like? If I see the emotions going up and down, I understand what's going on and let's work on that, right? It gives me an opportunity to meet them heart to heart where they are. So that's how I tap into knowing, deeply knowing my values and showing up and leading from them instead of showing, like if I showed up and tried to just be very structured and and ignore the fact that people bring anything else into the room and don't try and meet them heart to heart. I'm a miserable leader that way. Right. 
right? So how about you, Louise? How does, how does it show up for you? Well, I, I, I find it really um, interesting in that once you know what your values are, now you, now you have the tool um, to, to figure out how, how you show up as yourself, right? Without those values, I think it gets really, um, really foggy on like, what does that actually mean to be your authentic self at work? Um, finding yourself in a corporate culture that doesn't align with your values, I think is when we really start to see um, this, uh, um, this idea that um, authentic leadership just isn't, just isn't a thing and that it doesn't work where you're at. Um, and I think that is because you're misaligned. For me, um, it is exactly the same thing. And I think it's the same for everyone. There are a million, there, there's lists of like hundreds of values out there, right? I think I've seen like, like uh, sheets 250, 350 uh, words that you can use to describe your values. You're going to have a list of like five or six at the most that are really that top of the list that are really that important. And so you defining what that looks like, now you get to show up um, in a very different way than someone beside you. Um, and I think that's what we talk about when we talk about being authentic. We're talking about um, being true to those values in a workplace environment. Um, and, and that's, yeah, I, I think that's the core of it. Um, and, and figuring out what that is. Your leadership style is vastly different from mine. That doesn't make us um, ineffective. It makes us different leaders and we're trying to figure out how to work together, how to work in an environment um, in that shares hopefully many of the same values as, as yourself um, and trying to figure out what that all looks like and how to really um, step into your own. There's so many benefits from that authentic, being that authentic leader. And when I say leader, I mean like any level of leadership, right? From the say, like, yeah, everyone leads to the boardroom. It doesn't really make a difference. It's really about how are you making a difference at work by living those values and being true to who you are. Yeah. So I know before we started, I shared this quote with, with you. Um, it's a quote by Sheryl Sandberg. Um, True leadership stems from individuality that is honestly and sometimes imperfectly expressed. Leaders should, we know we don't love should here, but leaders should strive for authenticity over perfection. I'm curious if that kind of speaks into what you and I have been saying, if you feel that that's well, Yeah, absolutely. Like when you think about the kind of the, the, the leader, the qualities of leadership, right? Like, like who, what a leader really is at the end of the day and how do you be an effective leader? It all stems from authenticity. None of it stems from perfection. There is not a quote unquote perfect leader out there. Um, and if you're not, if you think you are, then you're not growing or learning. And, and that's a very um, fixed mindset and not one that's going to grow you, your team, or your organization. So authenticity, I think, really leans into um, all of those, those great things that make a great leader, like building trust with your team, uh, right? You talked about empathy. 
when you can, when you are leading from the, from the heart, you're really um, empathizing, you're, you're listening, you're creating space for people, um, you're keeping them engaged and, and, and interested in the work that they do. And now you're modeling what you want your uh, team to be doing or your peers or maybe even your leaders um, and how you want them to be showing up. There's so many uh, benefits that I think we just pop over sometimes and just say, ah, that's not, that that's not really a space, but it, it really is. Yeah. It's interesting because in this quote, the two words that pop out for me are individuality and imperfection. Um, and I think too often as, um, as leaders, as, as individuals, even if we don't consider ourselves leaders, we are leaders. Everybody's a leader in my opinion. Um, and, uh, we're all individuals. There is no time in, in my lifetime, in your lifetime, where anybody else is going to have the exact same experiences that you are or that I am. We are individuals. We see the world through our own lens, through no other lens. There's nobody else out there. So individuality is really important. And if you're trying to emulate somebody else's leadership style, it's not going to work. You need to show up authentically as yourself, because that's the only way that you can truly lead, right? And that place of imperfection, none of us are perfect. You know, you just said that there's no perfect leader, right? There's no perfect person. And so when we can start to embrace our imperfections, our quirks, you know, I remember we did um, one of our superpowers um, luncheons and um, we talk about the fact that our quirks, our weirdness, our, our eccentricities, our imperfections are what make us so human and so unique and so wonderful and so us, right? And that's to be celebrated. And when we can own ourselves on a really deep level and say, you know, through knowing ourselves for yeah. sure, for understanding what our ethics and our visions and our, our values and all of that, when we actually deeply, deeply, deeply know ourselves and, and can embrace ourselves as the imperfect individuals we are, it's so cool how we can show up and lead from that space because we can, it just comes so much more naturally. Yeah, it takes a lot less energy to lead and 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 lead with your values um, than it does to to not. Um, absolutely, um, I couldn't agree more. Very cool. It's funny. I feel like the so we've titled this episode "Showing Up as Yourself," but I feel like it should really be called "Lead from Your Values" um, because I think that's but what we're both saying is when you go in and you own those values, right? And, and you start from that place, it you you can't help but be authentic and yeah. show up as yourself. Yeah. And like what a benefit to um, to the world, really. Um, I think about the benefit to, right, let's even bring it down on a more uh, micro level. And what a benefit to your organization when you're showing up with your own individual, unique um, perspective. Uh, that's all about growth. That's all about opportunity. And more and more uh, organizations and companies need that flexibility and that adaptability to uh, to continue to grow and survive, which is really at the end of the day what we all want, right? 
um, is to grow and, and survive. Yeah. And to thrive. I'm going to put thrive in there. Right. I think a lot of us want to thrive too. <laughs> right. We, so many of us have stayed in that place of survival mentality. And I think one of the things that I've heard a lot coming through the pandemic has been, I don't, I'm tired of just surviving. I want to thrive. Like this is, I, I need something more. Um, and stepping into that authentic place of what is more for me. Yeah. And it almost becomes a, a fundamental like survival piece for you when you think about it. Right. When you are when you are needing that, um, that that thriving, that that growth, that's probably has a lot to do with your values and, and how you see the world. And then it does become a core piece of who you are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So on a personal journey level, right, as leaders, as people who as entrepreneurs, now, um, are there any um, any books, any tools beyond looking at your values um, that have been helpful to start to uncover yourself um, and yourself your self authenticity? There we go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> came up with a new term, I think. Well, I think you know you mentioned you know when you try to to emulate or copy someone's leadership style that it really. Um, it, it doesn't always work. Um, yeah. I take the approach of like, I want to see what great leaders are doing and I want to incorporate what I think is great um, because those are real concrete life examples, right? Um, if I share the same values as, um, as a great leader, I get to say, oh, how are they showing up? What does that really, like how do we manifest our values into a work life? And so finding... Um, finding authors who uh, speak so well about authenticity and leadership and really understanding what, what, what do you want to bring in? You get to have a whole buffet of people who are um, leaders in their own way. And you get to now kind of piece that puzzle together, right? Those are those seeds that, um, that I think you get to plant your own garden with. Um, I'm going to mention uh, Jen Sincero because you know, you're, um, a badass at life. Uh, her whole series, she's got a great series. Um, but that's really like, that's her telling her story about how she evolved into, right, a very authentic um, uh, leader and business owner, um, and how she uh, did that. How about you, Kim? Any resources? Yeah, so I think two of my favorites, I, Jen Sincero is, is absolutely one of my top three. Two of the others I would add to that are Brene Brown and Adam Grant. Um, I personally, how, how I see them showing up in the world, not that I want to emulate that, but I want what I want to emulate is their authenticity of themselves. Yeah right? And their, and their brains, like their brains are, are, are amazing to me. And so um, the one, my favorite one with Brené Brown is Daring Greatly. Um, I found that to be really pivotal for, for me um, in so many ways. Um, so that's one of them. And then one of my favorite Adam Grants is Originals, How Now Nonconformists um, Move the World. Um, I find yeah, I just that when I first read that, I was like, oh, I your brain fascinates me. And it was just it it was so helpful to me to step into seeing this idea of how we don't all have to be this 
cookie yeah. cutter. Yeah. Right? And I don't have to show up the way I've seen so many do it for so long. Yeah. I think, you know, um, and then he has a, his newest book uh, that's out, Think Again, really does oh, yeah. challenge um, that whole idea of that there is a, a perfect way. Um, right. There is not a perfect way. And to challenge ourselves to think again, to think outside the box, to incorporate others, um, to hear what other people are saying when we may or um, may disagree a little or a lot uh, on what they say um, really does um, have those foundational bits. I think when you think about and each person is going to have their own ideal of a great leader. But when you think about a great leader, when you find um, someone out there who you see as a great leader, they were all, I believe they were all pioneers at one time um, in their leadership style, right? When you think about how they leaned in, why they're seen as great. And it's not, they're not great because they piggybacked on, they took someone else's style and put it on. Um, they're great because they've learned their own way um, into leaning in, being being curious, right? Living on the edge of uncomfortable, seeing how things land and growing, but they all live true to their values. Um, and that's the great thing about, I guess, having so many values is you get to have so many different kinds of leaders. Um, it just makes the, it makes the soup richer when there's more in it, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's that idea of being inspired or influenced versus taking somebody's leadership style and trying to put it yeah. on and wear it like an outfit. It it just, it's never going to fit. It's not tailored to you. Yeah. Yeah. I hear a lot from my, from my clients who um, are looking, you know, to level up their leadership, to get that promotion, to take it to the next step. And I often hear it's like, I can't be that kind of leader in this organization. Like, I can't work like all day and night. I don't have right 70, 80 hours a week to put into my job. I and and I think that, you know, if you find yourself in an organization where the expectation does not align with your values, then you're in the wrong organization. Um, and um, or maybe it's time that they need somebody a little bit differently. Maybe, you know, you setting some boundaries around what that looks like or you living into your values is exactly what your organization is looking for and they're so hungry for. When you live into your own values, you'll quickly see if you're in the right place or not. Yeah. Well, it goes back to being a, right? Sometimes we need those nonconformists. We need those people who mm -hmm. are not going to just toe the line and be like, yeah. fine, I'll show up and I'll do it this way, yeah. even though it's out of alignment for yourself. Yeah. Um, and, and particularly, I think we're in um, that, uh, we're in a stage um, of uh, enlightenment, expansion of growth, um, where things are, of transformation, where things are changing. And we need more people in the world who are willing to be those nonconformists, who are willing to step into their authenticity, to say, this is this is how I want to show up. This is how I want to lead, right? It is for the good of the community, the good of the organization. So again, to go back to what we started, right? Uh, it's it's um, actually, we were having the conversation offline about you don't want to show up. Like Louise had asked me the question about, well, what if somebody shows up kind of as an asshole like are we giving the permission to being uh, authentically an asshole and is it, myself, right right it's like uh, my take on that is we 
I don't genuinely think people show up in the world intentionally being an asshole without having a lot of a lot of pain, a lot of discomfort, a lot of proving energy, uh, a lot of fear. Like I just don't. I, I I may be a Pollyanna in that they may not know how to behave any other way. They may need some suggestions and some work um, on on how to communicate differently with different with different people. And that's also where somebody like myself coming in and saying, "Hey, heart to heart, what's going on?" Right. Right. Yeah. So Absolutely. I'm not going to show up asshole to asshole. That's not my leadership. <laughs> well, and too, I, I find it interesting, right? It's like, um, you know, oh, you have to be such a hard ass to be in corporate America. You have to be right cutthroat to be in this business. And that's like, do you? Question mark. Like, what if, what if you don't, what if your way was a much better way of, of getting business done, of being a leader, of growing a team, um, right? Just because you see someone uh, doing something in one way, it doesn't mean that's the, that's the thing that got them there, nor is it going to be the thing that gets you there. Um, so really kind of, I'm just going to say, check yourself and, and get back to those values, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, there are lots of values. I've seen those sheets that have two, 300 words on it. And I'm like, Oh Lordy, I cannot do this part. This is overwhelming for me, but the nowhere on there. Did I see asshole? I said, <laughs> be your val like I value assholes. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> All right, Louise, what's your golden nugget from this week's conversation? Well, I think, you know, it, it goes back to our reflection at the beginning, but I think it also um, is so impactful in this, when you're in the space of trying to figure out what your own leadership style is, and that's all through that reflection. It's all through trial and error. Um, and you had talked about it right at the beginning about reflecting on your goals, on your system, seeing that it works. And I just saw it uh, appear over and over again as we were talking. And it's like, try something. And if it's not working, adjust, um, right? Uh, get to know your values and then figure out how to um, manifest them into your leadership style. And that does come with trial and error. But it's it's that reflection piece. So that's my nugget. Yeah. yeah mine is that idea of values in action, right? Like it, it's it's throughout our conversation, we kept going back to this idea of our values. And, and, you know, I had talked about individuality and imperfection and it, when we own ourselves, when we step into our own skin, um, and, and really, I can't remember how you said it, but it's that, it's that idea of bring your own values, live your own values. And that's going to get you to where it is that you want to be as a leader, as a human, end of story. Yeah. So I think that's my big takeaway from my, my golden nugget from this yeah. week. Um, mm -hmm. Drop. Boom. Um, as always, we encourage you to let us know what your golden nuggets were from this week. Um, we look forward to coming back to talk about uh, a super lightweight topic next week on July 8th, which is psychological safety. <laughs> 
it's an important conversation and I'm, I'm glad we're going to have a chance to start, start to peel away some of those layers to it. Yeah, absolutely. Can't wait. Um, have a great long weekend. Thanks. Bye everyone. You too. Bye.